Welcome to the Metropolitan UMC Podcast. We are located at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road in Indian Head, Maryland. Our pastor is the Reverend Daryl K. Mason Sr. And now, today's podcast. I know. Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise. Oh, we sing hallelujah to your name, Lord. We bless your name in this place, for there is no other name that we know. Amen. And so as we go to our scripture today, we shall be coming from the book of Colossians, the first chapter, verses 15 through 28. The book of Colossians. First chapter, verses 15 through 28. And this is how it reads. And it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things on heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross verse 21 Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move, from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you and I will fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church, I have become a servant by the commission God gave me to present you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to God's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone 
fully mature in Christ. Amen. Amen. Just for a few moments, I want to come from the thought of you can find it in Jesus. You can find it in Jesus. Amen. Dear Lord, we love you today. We worship you. Lord, I just want to thank you for how you are blessing our children. We thank you for our youth. We thank you for how God is continuing to sow into them. And as we see you sowing into our youth, Lord, we see how you are sowing into this church. Lord, bless all the hearers that are in the building today on Facebook and on Zoom. Lord, we thank you for how you continue to keep us safe during the year, how you continue to keep us safe during this pandemic that is still not over. But nevertheless, God, we continue to press forward to the mark of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. So bless us as one sanctuary as we are gathered together at all places and all locations in our country. And bless us here in Pump Monkey, Maryland, here at this place that you have named Metropolitan United Methodist Church. Lord, we love you, and Lord, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When I was growing up, I did not grow up eating spaghetti that was made at home. Most of the time, my grandmother would go to the Piggly Wiggly and get a can of SpaghettiOs. And I never did understand why until later in life, because you all have heard me tell you many, many stories about how my grandmother, my mother was there, she raised me, but there's, there's a certain raising that grandmamas do. My grandmother taught me how to cook. I cook, don't I cook pretty good first? I cook pretty good. You see that? It's on Facebook, so she tells you something different. But my grandmother taught me how to cook many, but she would never, ever, we never had a lesson in spaghetti. Never had a lesson in spaghetti until um, <clears throat> I got into the seventh grade, walked into my grandma's house, big old nice good-smelling pot of spaghetti going on. I said, what's going on, grandmama? You was giving me all that Cam Chef Boyardee stuff all these years. All of a sudden, I'm cooking for myself, and now you're cooking spaghetti. She said, well, what she explained to me was this. She said that she had always liked spaghetti, but there was a particular brand of spaghetti sauce that they sold at the store that she didn't care for. The name of that, and I apologize if this is your favorite, I'm telling you what my grandmama used to do. You do, do what you want to do. Uh, uh, that, that spaghetti sauce was called ragu. Y'all remember the commercial? They had the commercial up there, that, 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 ragu, and they say, it's Italian. But my grandmother said, she said, boy, that ragu ain't nothing but some old glorified tomato soup that they throw in their jar. She said she didn't like I said, well, what's, I said, well, Grandma, what, well, what do you have in the pot? She said, well, they just came out with this new spaghetti sauce. Okay. 
She said, she, she said, she said, it's called Prego. And she said, she said, boy, that stuff looked like something. She said, if I was Italian, or if I was an African-American Italian, oh, this is how I would make my spaghetti sauce. And I was trying to figure out what, what was the thing that caused, you know, my, my, my chef instructor, the, the master chef of the household to switch over, or not switch over, to start cooking spaghetti at home. And then I saw the commercial. There's this commercial where this, there's this young boy, he's sitting there, he, he just got married. He's, uh, he's Italian, but his wife is not. And he's sitting there in the kitchen and he's cooking. And his grandfather walks over to him and he says, boy, what, 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 what's that canned stuff that you have? What are you trying to do? And he said, well, well father, calm down. You said, this is the Prego sauce. His father starts to say, well, do they have some herbs and spices? His son says, it's in there. Oh, he said, do they have any onions? And he said, oh, it's in there. He said, everything that he would ask, that daddy would ask his son, oh, is everything in the can of salt? The son said, it's in there. Well, I want to let you know, whatever you're looking for in life, whatever healing you're looking for, whatever pains you try, if you look in Jesus, you will find that it's in there. It's in there. That's what our scripture wants us to know today. We look all over, trying to find, trying to find, trying different types of spaghetti sauce, knowing that everything is in the prego. If we look in life, we want to run to uh, ourselves help TV shows and we want to run to this book and that book and, and, and any book any book but the Bible. We're talking about our friends and our girlfriends. Um, but, but if we would just lean on Jesus and get down on our knees and pray, open up our Bible, take some time to worship him, we will find that everything that we need is in Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to the church Colossians and it turns out that he had never visited the church but while Paul was in prison uh, the pastor of the church came to visit him in prison to report on what was going on at the church of Colossae so Paul puts this letter together and actually there are a couple of stanzas we won't get into a deep hermeneutical theological study of the scripture but just know in the scripture uh he paul actually when he responded paul wrote a song back i think verses 16 through 20 are actually a song i think paul used to be he used to be a little street rapper back then oh and he just spit out some scriptural lines to send back but that's another sermon for another time but the whole point of it is is that paul wanted them to know that everything was in Christ. Now, why was this important? This was a Gentile congregation. Now, we've talked about Gentile congregations before, so let me remind you. You've heard this before. Maybe you don't remember I've said it before, but pretend like this is the first time you've heard it. Uh, the Gentile congregation, these were people that did not grow up in the church. They don't know anything about prayer meetings. They don't know anything about choir rehearsal. They don't know anything about church council. They know none of that. They know nothing about the Apostles' Creed. They don't know anything about that. But along the journey, they did find Jesus. And when they came into the church, 
They wanted to keep some of their same practices. They were used to worshiping multiple Greek gods. We like to worship multiple gods ourselves. You know those gods we like to worship? Wachovia, then they changed to the Wells Fargo. Yeah, that's the new one, trust us. We like to worship our banks. We like to worship, uh, we like to bow down to our jobs. You know, some of us are so dedicated to our jobs, breaking our necks to go to our jobs, that we delete and forget about our families and sometimes jeopardize our health. See, these are the gods that we have in our life. But Jesus says, if you just depend on me, I will keep the bank account covered. If you just depend on me, I will make things right on the job. If you just depend on me, oh, it's in there. It's in there. So this is the struggle that the church at Colossae was, was having. New Christians, they just got saved, they just got walked down the aisle, had the Holy Ghost experience, but there's that, there's that pull. The, the world is always pu pulling us back. You know what I'm talking about? There's this, you see, and see, that's how, you see, that's how it does. You go, and then there's, you see, th th there could be something in your life that God, watch how I do this, delivered you from. <laughs> I like it when people say they deliver, which they are. But when you're delivered, you have to still walk the walk that God wants you to walk. You can't be delivered going back to the same stuff that you used to do. As we're walking this walk, there, there, there's this pull. There's this pull that, that happens. And Paul wanted them to know with the pulling, with the other gods that are going, uh, that are pulling you towards them, that if you just lean on Christ and put your hope in Christ, everything in Christ, let, let, let me be, let me be there. Everything has got to be about Christ. Everything. When you wake up in the morning, it's about Christ. When you go to bed at night, it's about Christ. What about reading my Bible? Well, yeah, well, when you're reading it, realize that it's about Christ. Oh, Jesus is the embodiment of God's word. When the Bible is Christ. It's the word of God. So first thing, verses 15 through 17. Focus in on verse 17 says this, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. If, if you've been watching the news recently, there's this big buzz at NASA. I don't know if you've all been paying attention. NASA, there's always something good happening at NASA. I love NASA. Uh, my little brother works at NASA. He, he sends me all the links, and that's how I know. Um, and... There's, uh, I think, y'all help me out, educate, this new telescope or something. There's these images that are coming in from outer space. And what has happened is, I believe a few years ago, the Hubble telescope took some pictures of space. And about whenever they took the pictures five, ten years ago, the pictures came in, they looked at it, and we were amazed. Look at all these galaxies that are out here. Look at everything. Look, look. 
millions upon trillions upon millions of stars. Do, do we realize how small we are? Do we realize how minute we are? How tiny we are? But yet, God sent his son. Hey! That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're so, the, the vastness galaxies, millions of galaxies out there, and they looked out into space, and the Hubble telescope saw that there were so many mind-boggling amount of galaxies. But then, the new telescope took the same picture, and, 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 they, and they realized that there were even more galaxies uh, that were out there than what they saw the first day. Well, see, this is what I'm trying to say to you. You see, Jesus has revealed to you. Jesus might have given you a 10-year revelation for your life. <laughs> 10 years ago, Jesus might have said that he wants to do this in your life. But if you just look through the new lens of what God has given you now, look through, the, you will find out that God has more blessings for you. God has more things for your family. God, if we just... Realize that in Jesus, it's in there. Just take that second look, looking through the eyes of Jesus. He is before all things, and he holds things together. I talked a while ago about the scientific community discovering what's called the Higgs-Bach particle. This is what the Higgs-Bach particle is. When they look at an atom, you got, you know, go back to eighth grade science class, you got your electrons. Y'all remember that? I got a C minus on that test. <laughs> New I, neutrons, y'all remember that stuff? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. All this stuff. But this is what they found out. The more they studied, they found out that there were other particles that weren't there before. But in the midst of studying the atom, they realized there was something holding everything together. But they were unable to identify what it was. Oh, oh well, I can tell you what it was. Oh, it's Jesus, the Son of God. Oh, it's Jesus, Mary's baby. Oh, it's Jesus, the bride and morning stuff. You see, Jesus holds everything together, but they can't figure it out because God has not revealed it to them. Why am I getting into this scientific discourse? We should realize that regardless of the amount of science, regardless of the amount of computers, regardless of the amount of technologies, social media and tweets, know that at the end of the day that it is Jesus that holds this world together. It is Jesus that holds science together. It is Jesus that makes everything together and everything is in him. Christ is the center of our physical creation. It says that at the beginning, God said, let there be light. When he spoke, that was Jesus. Why do you say that, Pastor? Well, if we read the book of John, the book of John, I just get excited about this. It says that in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus Christ. When we're having problems in our lives and we are going through 
things and trials and tribulations and we're trying to figure out what's going on, we've got to go back to the word. We go back to the word because it is the word that is the beginning of everything. Our universe is held together by the word. But then if we go to verses 21, it says, Once we were alienated from God and were enemies in our own minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has, listen, reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So we know that if we just trust in God, if we just lean on God, if we know that he is the center of everything, that everything will be okay. But the challenge we have is this. We keep thinking about the time when we didn't walk with God. It says that we were alienated from God. We, 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 you know, sometimes we can be our own worst enemies. You know, I can't work in, a, in, a, in that ministry because, you know, I used to do X, Y, Z. I used to have a drinking problem. I used to have a drug problem. What, what, whatever the problem might be, what happens is we allow the devil to tell us that we're not good enough. A lot of times we beat ourselves up worse than some other people. You know, you, I've heard some people say, you know, I am my worst critic. You know, it's not you that's your worst critic. You're allowing the devil to put that mess in your head and tell you that, that you're no good. You know, the word of God that says that we are the head and not the tail. It is the word of God to, that tells us that he has made plans for us, that he wants to prosper us. It is the word of God that tells us. So every time the enemy comes in, let him know that you're a child of God. Don't let the enemy alienate you. And here's why you can't allow that to hold you back. It says this. That God has reconciled you. And there's a $25 word right there. Reconcile. I like the way it comes out. I like the way it, I, like, I just, I'm going to say it one more time. Reconcile. It rolls off. Well, what are you saying, Pastor? What do you mean reconcile? You mean he takes my checkbook and he reconciles? I don't even think people reconcile no more. They just go online. Before you go to Giant, do I have enough money in my account? And I just buy it. Don't, people don't reconcile no more. I just thought about that first day. People reconcile? Do you got it? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Reconciling. But no, Paul was not talking about reconciling your bank account. When we, when we talk about reconciling, this, this is what it is. This, this is the best description I, I can come up with. Um, if you've ever had to do a term paper, anybody ever had to do a term paper? And is, is there anybody here that can't type, that don't know how to type? Some people, okay, that's this fine. Okay, I, I'm a typing person, and I took typing in high school. And the gift that I received from being able to type was that all my friends would ask me to type their term papers. And, but the, the challenge with that was this. I was typing on an IBM Selectric 
typewriter. Y'all know, do, 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 you know, and, and you, you, you make a mistake and you got to hit the back button and then you got to put, take out some onion skin paper and the correction fluid, all that stuff. And, and, but the, but the problem was this, now I'm going to pull out a little, little, uh, uh, instruction thing here. So the, the, the challenge was this, when you sat down to the typewriter, if you didn't load, if you didn't load the paper into the typewriter, when you first got started, your stuff is going to be crooked. I don't care how long you type. I don't care how, I, because listen, you can have a paper that is a literary masterpiece that Shakespeare would love. But if it comes through crooked, you have to start over. You see, that's what happens in life. With going to church, at Bible study, doing all the right things. But we have a form of godliness, but we're denying the power thereof. We're just having a form of godliness. We're acting like we're loving everybody, but we're hanging the phone to talk about them like a dog. We look good at church council meeting. Oh, by the way, church council meeting is not today. Church council meeting will be on the fourth Monday. This has been approved by your church council chairperson, Lillian Parks. I didn't change it. She changed it. Not today. If you misalign, if things aren't in place. But I was so happy. When this company called Microsoft, hey, came out with Microsoft Word. And, and the thing that I love about Microsoft Word is that while you're typing, you can be making mistakes, misspelling things. Oh, you see, typing along and you misspell it, it'll correct it. Oh, it'll line everything up. You see, that's how the Holy Spirit is. When you walk with the Lord, oh, even though you're sinning, even though you, oh, God says, oh, that's okay, I forgive him. Okay, that's okay. She didn't mean to say that. Oh, see, we have grace after grace after grace after grace. This is how God reconciles us with his Holy Spirit. We are reconciled, meaning that we are brought into right relationship, not because we are good, but because God loves us. We do some good stuff, yep. But we just like that paper and that typewriter. When we get up in the morning, we just, just throw it in and start going. All upside down. And then get mad. You, you get mad when people tell you your paper's crooked. Your paper's crooked. Take it out and start over. Or go get a computer. Find somebody. Well, you either can get one, you can either afford one, or you know some. We got one here at the church, too. Reconcile. We can find 
our power. But this is, this is what Paul wanted the church to know. That even though you used to be in the world, you can still harness, you can still connect with the power of Jesus Christ because you are reconciled. And finally, verse 28 says this. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. You know, many times in life, we can really worry about the small things. It is the small things that disturb us. It is the small things that distract us from walking with the Lord. But we should remember that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And when we realize the power and know that we are reconciled, and when we begin to allow that power to work in us, we can begin to pass that power along to our children. We can begin to pass that power along to our families and friends. We can begin to pass that power along to those people at our jobs. You know the ones you don't like? The ones that don't like you? Let me hit the pause button. You know God has put those people in your life for you to minister to? I know I talk all the time. I know I talk all the time. Community dinners, y'all got to come out and volunteer. I know, okay, I get it. You can't be here on Wednesday. I get it. But God has already given you some ministries at your job. God has already given you a ministry at your family reunion. God has already given you a ministry with your children. Here I go. Here we go stepping on toes. Oh, my own. God has already given you a ministry to be a good husband, to be a good wife, to be a good father. God has already given you a ministry. The idea, will you take hold of it and allow, as the scripture said, for you to proclaim Christ in your home, proclaim Christ in your school, proclaim Christ at your job. Job. Proclaim Christ at the family reunion that you're going to in August. The family reunion you're going to in September. Somebody here is going to a family reunion. When you show up and they ask you how you've been doing, are you going to say everything is all right? Or are you going to say, you know the Lord has been blessing me. You know God has kept me since the last time you saw me. Oh, are you going to proclaim Christ everywhere you go? That's what God wants us to do. Oh, just tell them. Tell somebody. I saw this. Y'all know I spent too much time on TikTok. I'm sorry. That's my pastime. So that was a little, and I've said this before. Y'all know that stuff on So Y'all know they stage that. The, every, yeah, when, when we look at it, it looks like it's happening. I didn't know that, Brother Alvin. Brother, I'm not going to talk about you being distinguished, okay? I didn't realize that. I'm just looking, you know, I'm just a dumb old Gen Xer. I'm just, well, I'm not social media watching that. 
But, th but there was a staged thing where it was a, a couple. It was supposed to be comedy, but, but what was going on was that the um, one partner, they, they weren't married, I guess they were boyfriend and girlfriend, and the, um, the girlfriend had said, well, you know, my ex sent me a text message. And the boy was like, oh, really? Okay. Well, what was the text message about? Well, he's trying to find some closure in our old relationship. I'm like, we like, well, which he starts getting hot. I mean, I'll be getting hot too. Which should be closure. If you with me, listen, if you are with me. That's the closure. Right? But I bring this up to make this point. He asked this question as I close. He asked this question. And this is the question that Jesus asked us when we go out into the world. He said this. Did you tell him that you already had a boyfriend? She goes, well, I hadn't really had the chance to get around to that. Everybody. Have you told the world that you're a follower of Christ? Did, did, did you tell somebody that you're in a relationship with Jesus? And I did this, it wasn't romantic, because when, when, when I hold myself, when I think about the Lord, I think about how God holds us in his arms, how Jesus holds us in his arms. When, oh, 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 when, when your mother and your father uh, forsake you, it is Jesus that will take you up in those times when you're lonely. It is Jesus that will hold you in your arms. But have you told the world that you're in love with Jesus? So it says, God says, I've already given you blessings. That was the first part of the scripture. I've, I've given you blessings. I, I, I gave you the one that created the universe. Woo, that's a lot. And then you don't have to worry about your past. Why? I've reconciled you. I made you right. I ripped that paper out of the typewriter. Throughout the time, no more typewriting, none of that. Oh, uh, uh, we're, we're working in the, uh, in the world with the Holy Spirit. You are reconciled instantaneously. Now here's the call to action. What you going to do with that? Proclaim. Tell everybody about Jesus. Allow Jesus. It's real simple. Just allow, I, I didn't say to go down to food line and put up a pulpit and start preaching and have them call the police on you. I'm not talking about that. I didn't say that. But with that person in your life, listen, when I said that I saw all these eyes pop open, I said, there's somebody, let me rewind, there's somebody in your life that needs you to minister to them. That person. That person. What y'all laughing at? Y'all know. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. 
Hey, Demond. That person, buddy. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that is the person. I wanted to close going back to my grandmother and share these words of a song. It says, I don't possess houses or land, fine clothes or jewelry. Sorrows and cares in this whole world my life seems to be. But I have a Christ who paid the price way back on Calvary. Listen, and Christ is all, all in all, this world to me. But, oh, but listen, listen, let's go to that second verse. It says, uh, well, Christ is all. He's everything to me. Christ is all. He rules the land and sea. Christ is all. Without him, nothing would be. Christ is all. All in all, this world to be. But then the second verse, I love the second verse. It says, well, there are some folk who looking long for this world's riches. Oh, yes, some folk who look for power and position too. But I have a Christ who is in my life. And listen, and this makes me happy. You know, I'm just happy that I have Christ in my life. I'm just happy that Christ is living in my marriage. I'm happy that Christ is living in my children. I'm happy that Christ is living here at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road. I'm happy that Christ is living in you because when you walked in the building, I saw it on your face. Oh, some of you tried to hide it, but what you really wanted to do was run down the aisle because I saw that you had Christ in your life. Oh, I just want to Thank God for how he's blessed us. And I am happy because at the end of the day, I know that it's in there. Give God a hand, praise. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church and ministries, please visit us at www.metroumcindianhead.com. Until next time, peace and blessings.